This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith Weekly Devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link in this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode description. Bishop, your weekly Four People devotion this week was fire. (laughs) In fact, I'd say that most of your sentences were tweetable tweets in and of themselves. Um, But perhaps your boldest take and what maybe inspired the title is that a church aflame with bitter political partisanship rather than the fire of the love of God is akin to being atheists. And I'm wondering if you can unpack that a little for us. What does that mean to you? Um, well, I guess what it means is is that um, it is that we are if if we find ourselves talking more about political partisanship and uh, political division, if we find ourselves better versed in the sort of vernacular of diminishing one another, um, chastising one another, finger wagging at one another because uh, folks don't see the world as we see it. Uh, if we if we find ourselves if, in in that sort of default position, then I, I think what we're what we're doing is functionally becoming atheists. We we are speaking about things that are temporal more than we're speaking about God. We have forfeited our our privileged position of being ambassadors for Jesus Christ in the here and now, and we have given ourselves over to being involved vehemently with something that ultimately uh, will not last. We have forfeited our call to be a colony of heaven in the midst of hell. And so we are become functionally atheists. I mean, in some ways, um, uh, I would respect a straight up atheist more than I respect people who who call God's name on Sunday and then and behave like God is dead on Monday. So I'm I'm trying to, in a funny way, though, I want to I want to say that uh, as 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 um, as tweetable, as stern, as 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 uh, uh, straightforward as this comes out, it's a love letter. Uh, And the love letter is when you love somebody enough to risk offending them uh, and and to call them home. So it's it's really a love letter. It's 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 a love letter like the way that Jesus used to say, woe is you. Uh, When Jesus said, woe, he wasn't condemning people. He was saying the road that you're on leads to death. Mm. Woe is a funeral word. Woe is what you say to people on their way to the grave. And so the only way, you know, the Bible has this wonderful rhythm, which is acknowledgement, right? Confession, absolution, right? Amendment of life. And so if, if the church doesn't find her voice to be able to name what is, you know, idolatry, what is a betrayal of, of our words, uh, and our sacred calling, then the church is, is as Jesus said, is, is, is like salt that's lost its saltiness. I mean, in Jesus is clear. So if people are upset by this letter. Let them be upset with Jesus. Uh, Jesus said it first. And so I think the salt, the church is salt. And I think the church is light. And I, I want to invite people back home to that. Uh, and so I'm, I, so I wrote what I wrote. Okay. So I think that all makes sense. Yet there are a lot of people, myself included, who try to align our politics with how we think Jesus would have us be. 
And so can you explain then how to be political without being partisan? Yeah. So, so I think, I think at the, uh, what I understand is bitter partisan is, is that is you sort of maintaining a certain amount of contempt for people who don't see the world as you see it. So it's not that, it's not that we can't vote a particular way. It's not that we even can't vote for a particular candidate, but it is, you know, how much contempt do you need to decorate that? So as I say at the end of the letter, you know, on the way to voting and on the day after voting, you know, vote the baptismal covenant, right? And then realize your first and foremost calling is uh, is to make the kingdom of God real wherever you are. And so what that is inherently political, but not partisan. So if I'm about the commonwealth, I need to vote that way. If I'm about the about uh, being a good steward of uh, of uh, of the world, of nature, of of water, of air, vote that particular way. Yeah, you can definitely have um, clear ideas about who and what you're voting for. But I don't think that you need all the contempt and divisiveness and childishness that we see happening all around us uh, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, on both sides, liberal and conservative, progressive, uh, you know, and conservative, Republican, Democrat. So I guess what I'm talking about is things being in their proper relationship. So I want people to vote by all means vote. Um, but do we need everything else? Do we need ceaseless condemning of parts of the American family to vote? I mean, do I, do I need that to, to be for nature, to be for um, uh, important measures that need to be taken up uh, so that we can be better, uh, better stewards of, uh, of our climate and of climate change issues? Do I need all that? I don't think, I don't think we do. I think it's a betrayal. Frankly speaking, Jesus said, pray for your enemy. He didn't say rant on Facebook about your enemy. Right. And so, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that I, I'm asking, I mean, it's an invitation, not from Rob, not from the Bishop of Atlanta. It's an invitation from scripture uh, to, um, to commit to maturity and neighborliness. And so he never said that you're going to agree, even amongst the church. He never said the baptized. He never said we're going to all agree. But there's a particular way to disagree. And I see, mm. I see that being betrayed. Uh, I don't have to hate the president uh, to want <clears throat> to wish that the president made different choices. I don't have to hate Vice President Biden to uh, uh, to you know, and I, I don't have to want ill for either one. Um, and and so uh, people talk in terms of civility, but civility is really a very low floor height. Jesus invites us to do more than civility. Jesus invites us to neighborliness, right? And so when I see that we're betraying it, when I have conversations with church folks and they're better versed in political uh, uh, dogma than they are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, I got a question. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my goodness. I've got so many thoughts. <laughs> I really, well, what really resonated with me when you just were speaking was the whole disagreement. We need to be better at disagreeing with one another and the neighborliness of that. And I'm not sure if you can expand on that, but I feel like that's where the rubber meets the road. And I feel like that's where we're flailing as a society. I, I have, I struggle with this all the time. So what's the practicality sense of that? How do we, how do we live into that? Well, I mean, I think Jesus gives us practices, right? Pray for your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's about your interior work on the way to a debate, right? So I don't think people are doing their interior work on the way to a debate, right? I think we are being seduced into being, you know, sort of fourth graders after school. 
which is, you know, fight, 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 fight. We're standing around screaming, fight, fight, fight. And, you know, that doesn't put us in the company of Jesus. Jesus invites us to be something very different than that, right? And so I think that, um, again, uh, we don't, I think one of the biggest pieces is, is that I see you as sibling. So I see you as sibling. I see you as beloved of God. The very person that I am really struggling with, I see you as child of God. And so, yeah, it sounds, it doesn't sound practical today is, is, is an example of how far we've drifted from this reality in the church. Um, you know, somehow church is about saying nice words for an hour and a half on Sunday and then living exactly the opposite of that on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's about being better versed in Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow than it is in, in the Apostle Paul. And so I, I'm calling the church out. I'm calling myself out. Um, you know, uh, we've been seduced. Uh, Paul's line to the Galatians, uh, you know, is, is that who has bewitched you? Right. So we know who's bewitched us. Right. It is this divisive, um, immature way to do politics that has infected every side of our politics. And I think if the church has been seduced, then she ceases to be church. So this is an invitation back home. Come back home. Leave the pig trough. Come back home. Come back home and be a shining example of something different. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, when you were speaking the imagery of new lenses, being able to see one another as sibling from the get-go out of the gate, I think makes a lot of sense. So how do we put new lenses on so that we can see the person across from us that we disagree with fervently? How do we treat them like sibling? You know? Yeah. That really that really echoes. All right. Well, with that, we'll be right back after a short break. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, in your devotional, you also lamented that our young people are clearly fed up. It's maybe one of the reasons why young folks aren't voting because they're disenfranchised with the system. And they recognize that I think we're a little bit more the, the adults in the world are behaving like absolute children and they don't want to have any parts in it. And so I'm wondering how we might be able to help our young people not turn into the politically divided hypocritical mob we've become. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, kids believe what you do more than what you say. Right. I mean, I'm a, I'm a father of five and, and I've, I've had the good fortune of being a chaplain and, uh, you know, and, and I love working with young people all the time. And, you know, they're listening to the words, but they're really watching. And so I think that this is this is an invitation for us to grow up so that we can actually have some moral authority to speak to our children. I mean, I think if our children don't see this at home, I mean, public figures are going to be public figures. They always have been. and They always will be. But I think what grounds our young people is what they see us do at home how they hear us talk at home. And so, you know, if, if we, if we can't pray for, you know, uh, a, a president, when a president is ill, um, what's that say about our relationship to prayer? I mean, if, if, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, if, if we can't pray uh, for the former president um, uh, when, when he was going through whatever he was going through being assailed and assaulted uh, you know, in the media, then what's that say about us? 
Um, I, you know, one of the things that that I think that um, our young people need from us is for 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 us, mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, uh, for us to assume uh, some spiritual and moral authority in our households, and 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 that is to begin to share with them the struggle of what it means to follow Jesus Christ now, how unpopular it is. Because to, to speak of us being siblings, to speak of us as a human family uh, living in one house, the world, is to speak very differently from the way that the world speaks. Um, to, to teach kids to be able to disagree without being disagreeable, um, to have uh, concerns without bringing uh, con- contempt to bear. So I, I guess what I want to say practically is, is that, you know, uh, our, our kids are all from Missouri, right? They want, they want us to show them um, what a Christian looks like. And I think the world continues to want to look and see what a Christian looks like. I think this is one of the most tragic things about how, uh, which was in the letter, my, my meditation, which is, is how the church has been co-opted by politics, how the church has been cowered by political partisanship. And so, you know, um, I think kids are right to notice the gap between what we say on Sunday and how we live on Monday. And, and you know, the sad part about it is I think our kids and our young people are actually rooting for us to find some steel in our spine and to exert ourselves on behalf of kindness and generosity, to, do, to go to extraordinary lengths to increase the celebrity of Jesus, to make him real. I think they're rooting for us. I think, I think they're disappointed, though. Um, at least in the conversations that I've been having with kids. I mean, uh, and so I think that you and I have to first start with what's my home like around politics? When, when the news is on, how am I talking about the news to my kids? Um, you know, or am I using it to take a shot? Um, am I using it to talk about um, pat- particular personalities um, rather than, you know, uh, the fact that we haven't really talked about, you know, over a million people have died and 210,000 people uh, in this country, how we have how we need to do a better job of acknowledging death in our nation. That's an American thing to do. Um, that's patriotic to do, to acknowledge that or uh, how we haven't talked very much about the educational gap in our imag- American family and how my kids, for instance, are just fine. They have laptops and they have high speed Internet, but there's a lot of kids who don't. Um, and, and what candidate wants to close that gap and which candidate wants to talk about about that? And, and, and finally, you know, who wants to talk about decency? You know, I know a little bit about leadership, not a whole lot, but I know that tone is everything. Tone is everything. And so I, I think that our kids want to hear a certain amount of tone from us about these things. I think sin is always going to be with us. Uh, but, you know, what is the church's role? Is the church going to be cowered by this particular kind of sin? rabid political partisanship, or are we going to speak against it? Um, you know, Jesus did have an opinion. Jesus was biased. And so we've got to, let's reclaim the Jesus of the Bible um, rather than the Jesus of our own in, in invention. Well, I appreciate that. And I wonder, uh, listening to you, I was thinking of all the ways that we are divided and how so many people say and claim to love Jesus. One of my struggles is how how do we begin narrowing the divide between those who disagree or, um, you know, are, do you have any thoughts on that Bishop? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it, it, again, I want to start with the internal work. I mean, we, one of the things we do to avoid our own work is project everything on Washington 
or, proje or project things on various candidates. Let's start at our address. Let's start at our address. And so that's the first thing I want to talk about, you know, is, is that, you know, what's your relationship to political uh, partisanship and contempt and bitterness? This is why I, I called out in the letter, you know, if you find, and you, if you can do an objective uh, and honest inventory, if you find that you devote a lot of your time to rancor and vitriol, uh, even if you sort of put a, a sort of sugary, sweet Southern coating of uh, glaze over it, if you find that you do that, then you're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem if I'm doing that. Um, and so, but the good news, again, the letter finishes with good news because I think there's always good news. God loves sinners and we are sinners and we miss the mark and we fall short, but God delights in showing mercy. This is the good news for everybody. Nobody's outside of this. The good news is that you and I can decide today that yes, I have been seduced. Yes, I do talk about partisan politics more than I talk about the love of God in Jesus Christ. Yes, that is my default. And I can decide today to resolve to speak more like a Christian in terms of love and generosity and forgiveness and reconciliation. I can decide that today, or I can decide to continue on this sort of path, which is decorated with rancor, right? You and I get to choose. Jesus is not a bully. He invites us to choose, make better choices. The good news is, is that when we do make this choice, right, we begin to feel like life has a fullness that we previously did not take advantage of. And the fullness means is that we've got our eyes set on things that are eternal. The truth of the matter is politicians come and politicians go. Uh, but what we're trying to lay claim to is things that are eternal. And what is eternal is the love of God in Christ Jesus shared with us. And so I think that we start with you and I being better stewards of the thing we talk about on Sundays. And so that's where we start. And then we let that sort of ebb out into family and into our spheres of influence. And it doesn't need a pronouncement. It doesn't need a, uh, a new Instagram page. It doesn't need any of that. It, doesn't need, it, ju it just needs you and I doing the slow work of soul making with God as our uh, accompanying partner. That's all. We can just that's decide. It. Yeah, that's it. It's a it's a <laughs> lifetime journey, of course. I love that the slow work of soul making. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it, it's a it's a, it's a you know it's a dish that's you know that slowly cooks in the crock pot called life, right? I mean that's what it is, and nobody has a better model than that. Um, but I mean, this stuff that we're doing right now to each other is corrosive, and it's small, and it's infectious. And we're losing a generation of people because of our bad modeling of what it means to be Christian. We're turning people off uh, because of, of our failure to commit to making Jesus Lord. And you know it's regrettable. Uh, but again, that's the depth and severity of it. The good news is we can come home anytime we're ready. Mm -hmm. So the difference is atheism. Or love. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference is, right, the difference is, is that live the words you pray. Live them. Live them. And if you're struggling, just confess it, right, and ask God for help. That's great. Well, Bishop, is that your final thought? I think that's, I think that's plenty. <laughs> that's pretty fantastic. Well, Bishop, thank you. And thank you listeners for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we look forward to being back with you next week.